Happy Pickin' Bones Tuesday to my favorite podcast listeners in the world. Uh, it's great to be back with you. Hopefully you've gotten a great start to your work week. Um, you know, something I've noticed, I just want to uh, mention this as a uh, somebody who is a, a firmly planted in the millennial generation, um, September 11th is, uh, you know, a big part of my life growing up. Um, you know, I, if, if you're around my age, you probably remember that school day very well, getting that terrible news. And, um, you know, there may, may even be a few folks listening in right now who had, uh, friends or family members, uh, personally affected by those events. And so, uh, I definitely want to mention that and, uh, say that you are not forgotten from my family's prayers and, um, um, certainly, uh, we are grateful for all the, the coming together that our country had at that time. And, and, uh, of course would love to see more, more of that coming together, um, without needing a tragedy to spark it on. But, um, it was good to see the strength of our, our communities and our country coming out of that. And, uh, hard to believe it's been 22 years already, but something that I just wanted, I wasn't sure how, you know, whether to make a post somewhere or or what, but I think it's important that we continue to remember, um, that event and, um, you know, the sacrifices of the first responders, the, the heroic behavior of, of, um, all kinds of people that were, um, tied to that permanently. And so, um, I just wanted to make a note of that, but Here we are. It's Tuesday. It's Pickin' Bones Tuesday. We're getting so close to the best days of hunting season, uh, in my opinion, anyways. Maybe you're a hardcore uh, small game person or a dove hunter, or I don't even know what else you could be really getting after yet. But uh, for much of the country, deer season is still yet to get here. Of course, there's some exceptions out there, but um, you know, I can get a little, uh, a fault of mine on the podcast is I can get a little Iowa centric sometimes and think that the hunting season revolves around Iowa. So my apologies to that, to all of you who are not Iowegians like myself. Um, but I know that Wisconsin and Missouri, two of our neighbors kick off their deer season, uh, later this week. And, uh, on the 15th, I believe, and maybe even Minnesota's grouped in with that. Um, but everyone else that's not already started, it's probably coming the same day that it does for Iowa. I know Illinois is the same, which is October 1st. So I figured it might be time for a good, timely little advice session on early season deer hunting. Um, I've said it before early season is my favorite time to hunt. I think the deer are more predictable then. I love that they're less pressured and, um, the farm just to, just to be, <clears throat> just to be totally honest with you, the farm that I hunt the most is an October farm. So the early season is a special one for me and one that is filled with tons of opportunity as long as you hunt it the right way. And so I came up with five tips that I think could really help you out for this coming October, whether you're an experienced hunter or you're a rookie hunter, I think these are things that you should keep in mind uh, in order to have better success. And so I'm going to start right off the bat with the one that everyone would put on their list, but I'm trying to put a little twist on it, you know, to make it somewhat different. So you're not just hearing the same things all the time. 
but that would be don't be aggressive at the wrong time. Notice how I put that qualifier on the end. I didn't say don't be too aggressive uh, because there are definitely times to get aggressive in October. So when should you get aggressive? Well, definitely when the weather dictates it. If you have a nice, um, like a significant cold front coming in with a high pressure, high atmospheric pressure system, that is a time to go ahead and go to a choicer spot um, where you're going to probably run into some deer. Now, when you do that, you need to do it at the right time. You know, don't don't be late to the stand that day because, yeah, then then you're being aggressive at the wrong time. You're going to get spotted, and you may damage that that location for the rest of the season. Also, you need to take into consideration where it is you're hunting. Um, I've mentioned for years that uh, Mark Kenyon over at Wired to Hunt, Mark's been on this podcast before. He's a great guy, great whitetail hunter, one of the most knowledgeable whitetail guys really that that I know of or have heard of or heard from. Um, and I grew, you know, I grew up as a hunter, so to speak, listening to Wired to Hunt all the time. <coughs> Excuse me. And uh, the, the interesting thing there is Mark hunts in Michigan, which receives way, way, way more hunting pressure than what Iowa does. And so the deer there are very different from Iowa deer. And so I was playing things very cautiously here in Iowa, and I didn't need to. And I started to notice that I was missing out on opportunities because I was hunting like like a Michigander, and I needed to hunt like an Iowan. And uh, that's the same for you. What, whatever your circumstances, if you're from Wisconsin, yeah, you're going to be hunting like a Michigan. Uh, you know, you're going to be hunt, hunting like Mark. If you're from uh, Illinois, yeah, you're probably going to be hunting more like me over here in Iowa. Know what your hunting pressure is. Know how you know you know easily spooked are your deer, and uh, apply the right amount of aggressive hunting to your situation. So being aggressive at the right time, you got to take a lot of different factors in. I'd say number one would be knowing what I just mentioned, knowing the pressure of your area to the weather and, um, uh, three, the time that you're going to be able to, the timeliness that you're going to be able to get to where you need to hunt. If you can't fit it, if it's too narrow of a window, like maybe you gotta, maybe you work nights and you're not sure if you're going to get off in time, to get out first thing in the morning, or maybe, uh, you have to work until, you know, five o'clock at your job and you're not sure if you're going to be home in time to really get in the stand in time. So, so be smart in that regard. So be aggressive. So let's turn it to a positive, be aggressive at the right time. And so be very calculated with that and think it through. The next is kind of related and that has to do with trail cameras. Now, you know, we have an ongoing conversation on trail cameras. I think we're getting closer to maybe the truth. This last one that I had with uh, Garrett Fike was really good. Um, I'm definitely not a trail cam nihilist anymore after talking to my friend Jake Hofer um, he, uh, and, and Caleb, to be honest. Uh, they've kind of won me back over that, yes, trail cameras can be very useful. But I think after talking with Garrett Fike, we, we understand that you got to be very thoughtful with that. And part of that is when you're checking those cameras. If you have a cell camera, 
great. Um, just let that thing go. And um, hopefully, you know, you don't run into any connectivity issues or or dead batteries or whatever, full card. Hopefully it, that all works out and you can stay hands off. But uh, most of us can't afford a whole bunch of cell cameras, so you're probably going to have to check them the old-fashioned way. Come up with a system that makes that Intel still useful to you but doesn't require you to always be checking it. The one exception I would say for that is if you are putting that camera on the tree that you're hunting from or very close to the tree that you're going to be hunting from. So in other words, you're not leaving additional scent and, um, you know, tromping around more, that kind of thing. You're keeping the pressure down, making sure that the deer keep moving through your property, um, until, until, uh, you know, later in the season when things really get good. So be sure you're, you're handling the camera checking the right way. And let's be honest, a lot of the information that we get on trail cameras, yes, some of it can be uh, applied very quickly and adjustments, good adjustments can be made right away. But a lot of it is information that just goes into the historical data of the property. You might figure something out for next year. Or you might just be able to say, huh, um, you know, this is the time of year when deer really start to move through this part of the property or something like that, right? So so don't get too, too uh, overzealous with getting in there and checking your cameras. Next is settling on a poor stand. I've done this before. You've probably done this before. We think this stand is going to be in a good spot. And then we start to like really see how things are playing out. The leaves are starting to fall off the tree. Um, you're starting to see where deer are really using the farm. And it's not. It's just not in the right spot. Um, don't settle for that. Don't say, well, I got to have a tree stand to sit in. No, you don't. If it's in the wrong spot, then don't hunt it, period. Don't, don't go in there and expect that to be somehow magically working out for you if it's in the wrong spot go somewhere else if that means you gotta maybe hang a stand in the middle of the season i don't like doing it but i have done it in fact last year i did it and i had a shot within 30 minutes of getting that stand up in the tree um, so you never know what can pan out obviously you got to be smart when you do that or probably the best thing you could do is start moving to a mobile setup um, it's a lot of work, but if you can, um, you know, master doing a, uh, like a lone wolf setup where you got the ultralight sticks and the ultralight stand and you can get those up in a tree and, you know, 20, 30 minutes before you're hunting each time to assure that you're going to end up in the right spot. That's, that's what you need to do. Um, if you go back, I think it's episode like, I want to say around 65, I had Dan Johnson from the Nine Finger Chronicles come on and talk about mobile hunting. And uh, he just kind of explained, you know, the kind of things you need to be doing if you really want a legitimate shot at, at things working out. So, uh, you know, consider doing the mobile hunting thing. Otherwise, do the old hunt from the ground. I've done that so many times and have gotten some great opportunities just because I knew that getting to the right spot was more important than being in the comfortable spot or being in the best vantage point. You just got to get in the right spot. Now, hopefully if you have control over the property to some degree and you're getting to hunt there 
all the time. You can prep those stands before the season and get them in those good areas. But if, uh, if not, then you need to make the kind of adjustments that I just mentioned, but especially consider hunting from the ground and getting into a good spot, still using the wind, still being careful on your, your access and, uh, you know, your entrance and exit to where you're hunting, that you're not going to be blowing things up for yourself later in the year. So make a right call that way. Here's another one that I think a lot of hunters just throw out the window and it's so ridiculous that they do it. It's not hunting mornings in the early season. Now, I would agree that most of the time, morning hunts are not super productive during the early season. However, sometimes they are. Um, Last year, killed a really nice buck at uh, 10 minutes after sunrise. And uh, um, a couple years before that, I had a bad hit, but I did get a shot off, and I just blew the opportunity on a nice buck in the morning. Um, Another, the first buck I ever tagged, I shot him in the morning in the in the early season and um trying to think if there's any others uh i think the yeah i think it's just those those three that i got in the morning but that's three bucks taken in uh or or had a shot opportunity at least while hunting a morning in october and here's what all three of those things had in common a big cold front came in if you have the right conditions which would be a, a nice cold front you need to be out there hunting if you can hunt. Um, it, it's just, to me, I know some people debate whether or not cold fronts really affect deer movement. Um, to me, they do. Absolutely, 100%. Um, if I had to put money on it, I would. That It is a great time to be out there hunting, so don't shy away. Don't just automatically ride off mornings. Be a flexible hunter, and that means not always just going with the you know, the age old and, you know, the, the, what the paradigms, I guess you could say that longtime hunters try and pitch and sum everything up with, it's just not true. You need to be fluid. You need to adjust with the season and then you'll have more opportunities. So don't just write off hunting mornings, hunt the right mornings though. And then finally, as you're sitting there, you're learning the property, whether it be a piece of private ground that you have access to, or maybe it's just a a public piece in the area. Don't make the mistake of being so caught up in the moment that you aren't learning good information for next season. Now, of course, you can make little adjustments in the season, but you can also make some big adjustments that take place over the course of the next year. And a good way to figure out if if you're noticing any of those things is every time you go to your, go in your mind, Oh man, I, you know, if this was so, so a big one here in Iowa is the crop rotation, right? If this was corn this year, then this, that spot right there would be really good. Boom. Log that away, type it up in your notes app on your phone or whatever, make a little note, drop a pin on Spartan Forge that you need to put a stand up there for next year, whatever it is, learn information that's going to help you bounce ahead for next year. Um, other things might be, um, man, if, if, uh, that grant, if that, you know, pasture didn't get mowed or if there was a little bit of food over there that was, 
that was available. You know, all those little things, maybe you can go talk to the landowner. If you are the landowner, make the adjustment yourself. And uh, you can take that information and hopefully launch yourself forward going into the next hunting season and have better results there. So those are just five tips. Of course, there's many, many more that I could put in here, but I don't have time for it. And you don't have time to listen to it. And uh, so this is, I think, a great starting point for you. These are all things that I've applied and have had excellent success from uh, in the early, uh, earliest days of the deer season. And I'm very confident that you will as well if you can apply them. But thank you so much for listening in, everyone. I hope you have a great rest of the week. Please remember this podcast is presented by Spartan Forge. Spartan Forge has everything you need in a mapping app. Uh, do your e-scouting, do your blood trailing, do your uh, stand locating, your camera marking, all that stuff that you need to do on a mapping app. Know where the property boundaries are. Know whose door you need to knock on or who you need to send a letter to or make a phone call to to try and get access. All that stuff is is right there for you on Spartan Forge. And then, of course, they have the deer behavior prediction as well, which uh, you can subscribe to. So you get the mapping for free. You know, most of the mapping stuff you get for free. You can uh, download that at the link in the show notes or in my link tree on my Instagram bio. Uh, Or uh, you uh, can subscribe. So you can pay, I believe it's $7.99 a month uh, for the deer behavior prediction, which is totally worth it. and just get it for those months that you're going to be deer hunting if you wanted to. But an even better deal would be to just get the year-long subscription, which I believe is $29.99. Just a real bargain. And um, I believe that's everywhere. You know, it's useful everywhere there's there's whitetails. So so, um, it's definitely a bargain and definitely something that is is going to be one of the most powerful tools um, that you can have going into deer season. And then of course, if you're looking to chase whitetails or mule deer or elk or doll sheep or whatever it is, uh, maybe bears, um, you can talk to Alex at East to West hunts, go to East to Alex will help you get going with a hunt plan. I just had a buddy, uh, contact me today and ask me about how, you know, point systems work out West and everything I know about it comes from Alex and I definitely I definitely still have to talk to Alex about it all the time consult with him figure out what what um everything uh means and how it all works so you should uh definitely do the same thing you can reach out to Alex through the website or again you can find links uh in these show notes find out what his Instagram uh handle is Get in contact with Alex, set up a free consultation, find out how he can best help you, whether it's gear rental, hunt planning, tag applications, or all of it, Alex is the man to talk to. And finally, if you tag a beautiful deer this year, which I hope you do, and you want to get that thing memorialized as some kind of mount, whether it's a European mount, a shoulder mount, full body mount, whatever it is, you're going to need to go to a quality taxidermist. Don't settle for just the guy that your buddy tells you about. Don't settle for the guy that just lives down the street. Maybe they're great. Maybe they are. I don't know. But I can guarantee you that old barn taxidermy is just as good, if not better, than anyone else that you find. They are world-class taxidermists. Over 500 deer mounts come through their shop every single year, which is just thousands upon thousands of deer over the 
past uh, many decades that Sam Gaylord, the the owner of Old Barn Taxidermy, uh, has been doing. Uh, and uh, you can do all sorts of other work there as well. Shoot a moose, shoot an elk, shoot a bear, shoot a mountain lion, shoot a turkey, uh, even waterfowl. They will take care of it for you. So go to Old Barn Taxidermy. Find the link for them in these show notes and um, tell them that the First Gen Hunter podcast sent sent you there. They want to know that our partnership is working out, and uh, I don't blame them. So definitely, uh, I, I want to know that it's working out. That's good feedback for me too. So definitely let them know that, and uh, definitely get that mount done the right way so that you can enjoy it for the rest of your life. Well, thank you again, everyone, for tuning in. Please leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify if you haven't done so yet. And until uh, Friday... I'll talk to you then, everyone. Take care and take someone hunting.